0: everybody. Welcome to the second episode of the Angry Sun Zone. Uh, my name is Santo. I'm Alex. And I'm
1: Sean. And today we have a special guest in the room, Kona. Why don't you say hello, Kona? She's not one to bark or bite, but she's definitely a, uh, a regular in our podcast adventures. Yeah. She's a Shih Tzu Yorkie Poodle and uh she is uh, the official mascot of the Angry Sun Zone.
0: <laughs> so, if you hear any s- smacking around in the background, that's probably going to be her. Yes,
2: all technical errors are the fault of the dog.
0: <laughs> so... Okay. Let's <laughs> go so the bag out of reach. Out of reach of a, a dog? Is that possible? Yes, yes it is. Out of this dog. Yeah, small
2: dogs. Dude, what did you put in there? Another dog's butthole? <laughs> treats.
1: <laughs> There's treats in the bag. <laughs> Aww. Alright, alright, alright. Well, let's, so,
0: let's get down to business here. It's time. serious podcast for serious business. Uh, so... Listeners of the first episode might have remembered that we talked briefly about the, uh, how PlayStation, Sony is shutting down the PSN stores for the PS3, Vita, and PSP. Um, they're not doing that anymore. They went back on that. F- for specifically the PS3 and the Vita, those stores, those stores will not be shutting down, but the PSP store still is, which just makes this seem like some kind of new Coke strategy. Where they... No, we're closing everything down. Uh, Well, I guess we're going to listen to our fans here and not close everything down. We're still closing down the PSP.
2: I mean, to be fair, do you know anyone who bought a PSP?
0: Uh, yeah. And you know what they did with their PSP? They put custom firmware on it so that they can (laughs) (laughs) fucking play pirated games on it. Because that's what everybody did with their PSP after a time. So that's... That's great. (laughs) Yeah, that's... That's not necessarily the biggest loss, but... Because of that announcement... Because of that announcement, it popped up this cottage industry of YouTubers making videos about, like, the top 50 games that are going away for these closures. And I watched a few of those, because I was curious.
2: That aren't going away. (laughs) Well, they're not going
0: away anymore, but... uh, At the time, like, it was like, oh shit. And... So something I hadn't really considered is that the main thing that was that would have actually gone away are all of the like PS1 and PS2 classics that they brought to those platforms because they brought like a lot of PS1 and PS2 like JRPGs and shit to the, to those stores and they were really cheap. In fact, one video that I was watching listed the digital price of the thing and then like the eBay price very physical. And a lot of those games are going for like 100, 200 bucks. Just these random ass PS1 RPGs. Wow. So I'm kicking myself for no longer knowing where my copy of Suikoden is. <laughs> fair, but fair. yeah, it was, it was interesting to see because that kind of like. It was kind of like a preservationist aspect to this whole thing.
2: Yeah, it's really, like, it's really important to be able to uh, figure out the difference between the antiquers and the hoarders. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and, like, a lot of these older games are going to become pretty much unplayable except through emulation. <laughs> so, have, having this, like, last bastion of ways to maybe somehow get some portion of money to the people that made these games...
2: Well, it's not just it's that, nice. but, it's, but like like you're saying, it's even just that the very act of playing them at all. Um, it's interesting... To think that it will become challenging to appreciate these these sorts of works in the future. I mean, a painting doesn't like stop being a pretty thing to look at. I I, unless... I, I know they can degrade, okay, but but unless you mint an NFT no. and burn it in a fire.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, a- anyway, what, what you're talking about is like evolution of. Style and ability, like cave drawings, as compared to Renaissance era paintings. That's okay, but
2: but but Renaissance era paintings are still completely there. They're still there, right? Michelangelo's uh, uh, painting of the ceiling of that building, the Sistine Italy, Chapel. The Sistine Chapel.
0: Man of culture. Man uh, of culture. Yes.
2: Anyway, so that's still there, right? whereas now we have games that are barely barely 20 years 10 15 I don't know but depends on the game I suppose but you know there's games that are you know only decades old that are difficult to even play uh, and it's 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 a very uh, it's it's very intriguing it's also frustrating too when it comes to things that you've paid for that become unplayable. This actually happened to me. I went to go play Pikmin Three on my Wii U, and my Wii U apparently has a hardware issue with the onboard system like flash memory now. Oh. And so when I try to access uh, Pikmin Three, and it also happened to me in a specific sub-game of Nintendo Land, uh, it throws a uh, it throws a some sort of memory access error. And so, literally, the solid... Essentially, the solid-state drive in my Wii U is partially failed, and I can no longer play Pikmin 3, which is a game I downloaded digitally, paid full price for, and now, what? I just can't play it anymore? I mean, if... What?
0: I I mean, on perhaps an Xbox or... Sony platform, you could just get a diff- somebody else's console and very easily play it by logging into your own, your account and downloading it. With Nintendo, <laughs> I don't know what your options
2: are. Uh, Nintendo has always had very terrible uh, internet like, account, store account integration. Yeah,
0: it's, it's hard to keep it straight, but I think that... Did it start getting reasonable around the Wii U... Or or around the Switch.
2: It's just been getting... I mean, it's been getting incrementally better the whole time. Yeah. But the emphasis is on incremental.
1: Yeah, it's like... (laughs) Hey, you know what? That's Kaizen, baby. Like,
0: is... Like, is that a thing where... If I gave you my Wii U, could you log into your Nintendo account on that Wii U? I,
2: I don't know. I've never tried it. I think maybe... Yes. Uh, because there is. Yeah, basically, it has profiles which are associated to different me's on the on the console. Yeah, and then you associate a Nintendo Shop account to that profile. Okay, and I think yeah. I could associate my Nintendo Shop account to a Mii profile on your console for hypothetically. For
0: some amount of time. Oh, for might some need amount.
2: You to transfer it. Yeah. Like, like
0: the, P- the PS3, you had to do that, where you had to, like, transfer your home PS3 to somebody else's to do that shit, I, I, I remember.
2: Very possible.
0: Yeah. So, the layers know, like, of content protection. If you really want to play fucking Pikmin 3, I'm sure one of us can give you our dust gathering we use for oh. a time.
2: Oh, man. You know the funny thing is that they re-released Pikmin 3 on the Switch, I think? Oh, yeah. I guarantee, I so. I guarantee that I can't... Even if I had a Switch, I, I can't play it on that. They made people buy it again. It's probably 80 bucks on the Switch, too. It probably... But, uh, the fucking Nintendo tax is so... People so, are probably like, oh, man, Pikmin 3 just got released.
0: It. It's so frustrating to me. Like, I was looking through the switch fucking eShop. and i I'm, i I'm, I'm, I'm i've started swearing now cuz so i'm i'm just going to rant about this shit cuz it drives me up the goddamn wall i hate the nintendo tax like they over they charge for their their products in a way that nobody else in the industry does everybody else puts games on sale after a point everybody else when they re-release like an, like an HD version of the game on a different platform, it's at a reasonable price? Nintendo, no. You want Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Edition, which was released, was was a launch game for the Switch, still 80 bucks. You want Breath of the Wild, still 80 bucks. You want Skyrim, special edition on the Wii,
2: that's 80 bucks. Hold on, weren't all of those games also on the Wii U? Maybe not Skyrim. What?
0: Uh, Skyrim I don't think I don't think was. But the other two games, yes. And like Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee, Pokemon Sword and Shield, those are still both eighty bucks.
2: Uh wait, and, did they remake Oh yeah, they remade Let's Go Pikachu, didn't they?
0: Well, Let's Go Pikachu is like a pseudo remake of Gen 1.
2: What? Yeah. Yeah. Let's Go Pikachu Oh, I'm thinking of hate Pikachu you're, you're, on
0: n Oh my god! I'm, I'm
2: thinking, thinking of the N64. You're thing. thinking of Hey
0: You Pikachu. Hey You
2: Pikachu. That game was honestly, it was a piece of crap, but it was amazing. And it was
0: voice.
1: It was trying to use voice recognition technology on an N64. Now, could you imagine some sort of AR experience? Hey, P- Hey You Pikachu. <laughs> you know, or or even VR. I mean, they could probably implement some kind of like
0: voice recognition shit into Pokemon Go. Yeah, dude, okay. you just,
2: you just put on your goggles and then Kona turns into a Pikachu. Yeah. <laughs> the future.
0: Uh, well,
2: I, and, and you know, no, that, uh. No, that...
0: Kona turns into a Houndoom. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh,
1: man. oh, yeah. Love it.
2: Yeah. Dude, those microchips they put on the vet, you know, they're not so, they're not, they're not to help you find your lost dog. They're to turn your dog into an AR Pokemon. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's the future. It's where all that money is going from the n- Nintendo tax.
0: Yeah. And, like, Smash, at this point, has been out for quite a while, and...
2: Oh, Smash I, is never getting... Yeah, Smash <laughs> never it, is, Smash is never going
0: down in price, and because there's enough DLC for it, I don't remember how much each of those fighter passes are, but for me to get all the content in Smash at this point in its release cycle, like, I'd have to spend, like, 130 bucks or something like that. Like if I could get all of that content for sixty dollars, I would pay I would pay. Currently, I will never pay. So they're losing out on sales as far as I'm concerned.
1: You know what? I almost think it could be a different uh maybe even I'm gonna say corporate culture. Or, but it ties directly to to culture culture because like um, I have a feeling that the concept of discounts in Japan for for items that are considered like trade craft, for example things like a samurai sword you know if you're getting a samurai sword built you'd never see it go you'd never see it go for discount um, you know same with I mean there was a time when
0: haggling was a thing. So per- mm. Perhaps, but I can't haggle with an on digital storefront.
2: What <laughs> I if wish you, I could. What if
0: you could, though? What oh, would that, that even be... look like? Oh, dude! Actually, now that we mention it, that totally happened on a intent- Nintendo, no less. There was oh, really? a, there was a I think it was a three DS game called like Rockies, like Super All Star Baseball or some shit like that, where like the price was variable. Wait, what?
2: <laughs> Fuck. I thought that was a Uh, free-to-play... I I remember hearing about that game, and I thought it was a weird free-to-play thing. Yeah, God.
0: Now I gotta look this shit up. Fact-checking.
2: Alright, hit us up, fam. How would you haggle on an internet storefront? Tell us in the comments that may or may not exist. So either
0: that or we bring back the barter system <laughs> alright I've got I've got these shelves but I want virtual shelves in Animal Crossing how do we do this
2: man that, that, right. that, that's some that, that, that there are some large opportunities for like one to one arbitrage there just like yeah you sell me this physical uh, you give me physical objects I give you the digital version in Animal Crossing that's it. All That's right, here, the business
1: model. Here's how it works. So, so your, your, your price has a slider bar. And you know what? You've got to unlock the ability to slide it larger and larger in either direction. So the more products that you purchase, the more products that you review, the larger your slider bar gets to either direction. Okay.
0: Here it was. Rusty's Real Deal Baseball. L- one of the bullet points... A literal bullet point on this thing on the Nintendo website for this game is haggle with Rusty Slugger to lower the real life price of each minigame huh. <laughs> so you haggle you're haggling in game to try to lower the actual eShop purchase price of each minigame
2: oh
1: god that is bolded in the, in the text description that is some clever <laughs> clever oddball uh scenario that's happening there
2: that's... you know what's funny actually talking about this I'm actually reminded of uh, some of the Humble Bundle stuff lately right they, they have a bit of an interesting sales mechanic where so the, uh, traditionally the Humble Bundle was a pay what you want group of usually indie games where you could get tons of games for a super cheap price I have and probably never play any of them. I have hundreds of games I've never played because of the Humble Bundles over the years and uh, But some of the more recent ones have an interesting mechanic where you, uh, you have to pay a certain threshold yeah. to unlock more games in the Humble Bundle pack. And it's kind of interesting because it's sort of like haggling in a way, I suppose, with a storefront, kind of.
0: Yeah, well, those thresholds are based... Oh, and they're... Sometimes off of, like, the average that people are spending and shit.
2: Yeah, yeah, like, one of the... So, some of the thresholds... The, thre- the thresholds are not based off of, like, a initial uh, thing that the devs set. Yeah, it's based sometimes on... Sometimes like, they are. Sometimes they are, but, but it's also, like, beat the average price to unlock this game. Which, of course, means that over time, that goes up.
0: Yeah, a little bit, I a time. Yeah,
2: every time someone purchases the bundle... Then the average pie. Uh, every time someone purchases the bundle to unlock that game, the average is going to go up.
0: Yes, by one cent divided by the amount of people that have already bought the bundle.
2: Yeah, but hey, you know that's that adds up, right?
0: I can't imagine that that would add up to anything substantial. If
2: there's a if there's a notable game in the bundle that you have to beat one the average penny to unlock one penny per. <laughs> like no, that's not that's not gonna. I would, I
0: would be shocked if that increased at all.
2: I mean, I mean it has to scene. increase; otherwise, people would. The averages on some of them can be quite high. Like I was looking at one the other day, the average was like thirteen dollars.
0: Yeah, so for that to be the case, then thirteen hundred people would have to buy that, and for a penny more to raise the price by a penny. I think I got my math right on that
2: I mean we're not talking about any particular bundle here so who fucking know? who knows what the math is <laughs> that is some interesting
1: thoughts how we've evolved where where you can actually have you know in a marketplace you can have a dynamic uh, you know living system where the participants in that market are you know in real time affecting each other it's not like, you know, this, you, where, you, where you go to the grocery store and, you know, you you're, the price of the papaya magically flashes, you know, up or down depending on how many other people are currently <laughs> buying papayas in other stores kind of thing, so.
2: I mean, they they do kind of do that, but it's not instantaneous. Am it's like why I fucking, it's why, why cauliflower spikes to like $15 a head sometimes. That happened once. <laughs> Like once, <laughs>
1: I've I've seen some some better. hardware parts in the in the in the hardware store. That oh went, yeah, yeah. Uh, from seventeen dollars to two hundred and fifty-seven dollars. Mm-hmm. Oh
2: yeah, lumber lumber went crazy. Uh, some electrical stuff went crazy too. Copper wire is uh, going for about double uh, what it was last year or more, depending on the type. Crazy.
1: Yeah. And of course, with uh, video games, depending on whether you're a console or a PC player, you might be having troubles trying to find a video card or a PS5. Yep. Supply chain all the way down. Yep. It's shipping crates all the way down, and hopefully your ps is not sitting on a giant cargo ship in the middle of the Suez Canal.
0: No, I'm just stockpiling in the shipping crate in my backyard.
1: Maybe it's time to sell that shipping crate. Earn some fat stacks of cash. <laughs> no, I'm gonna be in an apartment soon,
0: so that's not much bigger than a shipping crate, so Funny how funny upgrade, how our...
2: upgrade your apartment now by installing a shipping crate.
0: Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure there's some way for me to turn my balcony into a shipping crate. There must. I'm only on the third floor. That can't be that hard. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Just a freestanding fucking shipping instead of a balcony.
2: <laughs> Whatever, as long as the as long as the center of gravity is, like on the balcony, it's okay, right? No, I'm not talking about on the balcony, I'm talking about is the balcony. What balcony? How is balcony?
1: Where is balcony? Balcony
0: balcony.
2: Balcony sounds like a French town.
0: Balcony is rapidly becoming a word that I can't hear anymore. (laughs) (laughs) How so? Well, sometimes... You ever have that sometimes where... There's a conversation where somebody's just saying one word so many times that by the end of the conversation it sounds
2: different than when you started the conversation? (laughs) You start (laughs) questioning whether that group of sounds actually means anything at all? Yeah. Like, balcony...
0: Like now, it's like there's a weird, there's a big separation between the Bal and the Coney for me right now, and I can't parse it.
2: Yeah, it could like it could it could be a mobster, you know? Like, oh man, I, I saw Balcone in, uh, in the
0: restaurant <laughs> last week.
2: <laughs> he fucking gave me the he gave me an icy cold stare. I tell you what, you know, uh, concrete boots for talking. Steel rails for walking.
0: So, Sean, you were showing us a bit earlier. Um, you play a lot of Noita recently,
1: and you were, you were showing us that it has like streamer features and shit. Yeah, it does have streamer features. So, uh, Noita has the uh, uh, ability to be modded, and there's tons of mods on the workshop. Um, and so, Noita, the concept is it's a side-scrolling game. Let's, let's back up and talk about this game a little bit before I dive into that. you were streaming it until 5.30 a.m. Yes! Like so. Burning the midnight oil. So, um, Noita is a game um, a little bit along the lines of Terraria. Uh, it's side-scrolling, like a Super Mario, you know, some of the old-school games. Um, and it's got pixel art. And one of the uh, amazing things about this game is that these pixels um, are in their own fully rendered universe. They have their own physics, uh, they interact with each other, um, and uh, they really create a brand new world. Try to be any more subtle with that ball of butt, can of bubbly, Alex. <laughs> and so... It's my flavor. Mmm, <laughs> <laughs> Delicious. Uh, so... Speaking of lime limestone. Yes. So, uh, in Noita, uh, the concept is, um, you're essentially going as far down as you can. Now, a lot of roguelikes tend to be like this, you know, uh, whether it's classic ones whose names all escape me at this time. Net- hack. Rogue Net- NetHack. Yep, NetHack. You know, yeah, Rogue. The, thing, yeah, the rogue. thing that everything that was like.
2: Oh, yes. <laughs>
1: And so um, the concept is very similar, uh, and there's a few other unique features um, that make it special. But at the end of the day, Noita is a Finnish game, um, Noita meaning witch, and witch is the main character, that's you. And so you have, um, as your tools, you have the ability to not only jump, but to fly in the air uh, for a limited amount of time. You.
2: Um, Sorry, can we just back up? Why does the game being made by people from Finland batter exactly? Because all the enemy names are in Finnish. And when you read
1: them, you will look at it and scry into it and go, What does it mean? I have no idea. There's, uh, there's no description or anything like that in this game of you know any, any flavor text uh, or lore that is directly available or translatable. Mm-hmm. Because you actually pick up tablets in the game occasionally that talk about some of these things and uh, slowly let you uncover it. And there's no menu option for it. You literally just have to find it and read it and stare at it. Is it an early access game, or is it a finished finished game? Uh, It is a finished finished game. Uh,
2: Can you finish this finished finished game?
1: Uh, It is very difficult to finish. I've uh, been to uh, online on some of the communities out there for Noita, and there's some people who have played the game 400 times and won it only 10. And so, um, as it turns out, there's also, um, even after you beat it, there's New Game Plus. And in New Game Plus, (laughs) not only does the game get harder, but you also unlock some things that are not available in regular game. And so, uh, it's quite deep. Um, It's very fun. Now, one of the things that you'll find is uh, that uh, when you're playing it, not only are the enemies uh, quite deadly, um, even from the lowliest little spider, uh, and by the way... Uh, for those arachnophobes, this game is creepy. The spiders are creepy. Uh, you'll uh, be zipping through the dungeons at high speeds away from these spiders. They uh, <laughs> they're great. Not not only that, but there's that one
0: like mutation power thingy that you found that turned you basically into a spider. Yes,
2: that uh, was awesome. awesome. That so, was the, that was actually the that's one of the coolest mobility mechanics I've ever seen in a game yeah totally
1: um, and uh, so um, for those wishing to avoid spoilers about Noita there's no story to be spoiled uh, but if you like the details of the game um, uh, to be preserved heads up for those for those people yeah um, like, it's, a, it's a roguelike discovery
0: of what's in there is kind of
1: part of the thing now uh, as in any typical um, uh, you know fantasy themed game, uh, there's uh, there's wands. Wands are a huge part of this game, and the, the mechanics behind wands are quite deep. It, it's actually a little bit like programming, because um, each aspect of the wand can be reconfigured uh, once you clear a level. And uh, so um, one of the main mechanics is searching for wands, searching for components for wands, um, and then mashing them up into what can be described as you might start with a uh, a basic one that shoots, you know, uh maybe like a magical bolt uh out or you know or a magic missile and if you strip it down to its base elements um scry into the other wands that you have and think about how you can slap these babies together you can take something that looks like an old rusty old one and turn it into a shiny brand new one that will spit fire enough that you'll get views on YouTube for it. So um it's it's pretty fun. Um and uh now onto the streamer side of things. So Noita has a very strong community. I find that the developers work, you know, actually pay attention to the community and and interact with them a lot. And um, so uh, they offer mod support and streamer support. And that streamer support is uh, employed through a mod. You actually have to uh, um, there's a little bit of a process involved, and it's not uh, plug and play. But once you get it set up, um, you as a streamer have the ability to let your users vote to have an effect on your game while it's happening live. Um, And so that can be anything from great events, like uh, they can drop you a rare item, um, to uh, wild events like uh, spawning a horde of enemies around you or causing, um, actually morphing entire parts of the world and uh, polymorphing um, an entire substance from one thing to the other. So if you have a kind audience, perhaps they'll convert all the lava uh, in your levels into water. And uh, if you have a terrible audience, then they might. Uh, um,
2: oh, Sean, you're just gonna go. You're just gonna go pick up this water to put at <laughs> the fire. And, oh no! The water nice. is gasoline. Water is gasoline. Yeah, and what's now the water's beer and you're drunk.
1: Yep, and there now. Now some of the mo- other interesting mechanics about this game is uh, it's one of the few games where um, you'll encounter. Uh, a variety of different substances that you can ingest. Now, you can ingest pretty much about anything, and um, the effects are quite realistic, whether you're consuming uh, um, grass on the ground, which gives you actually bad gas, ironically. Um,
2: that checks out, actually. That's what eating grass would do.
1: Yeah, and uh, a, a lot of the uh, interactions are, are, are quite realistic in there. Um, so what's cool? Uh, another cool mechanic is um, alchemy. So you can pick up potions and various stones... Um, and, and other artifacts, but, um, but, and usually you'll find this out by accident, but at some point when you're wandering through, you'll discover that one potion, uh, when you mix it with another potion, um, and sometimes you actually have to stand in it and swirl it around in order for this to happen, um, it will create a new substance out of that.
2: Um, I just really like that, that, that visual, you know, like your character is just taking bottles, dumping them on the ground, walking around, stomping in it, and then bam. (laughs) Yeah, it's the new potion.
1: Um, And and one of the most frequent events that you'll find uh, in this game is actually um, that you are on fire. Uh, Being on fire is a common event. Um, It uh, can happen for a little while, uh, um, and you've got uh, a good number of seconds to figure out, uh, as your life is flashing before your eyes, how to deal with this very serious problem. Um, Now... At first, you'll usually be uh, craving for some sort of source of water, and you'll probably jump into the nearest uh, puddle that you can find. and um, You'll discover that puddles aren't just water. Um, puddles if you have gasoline. <laughs> there can be puddles of gasoline indeed. And in fact, um, well, in, in this game it's actually oil. Now the interesting thing is, just like in real life, if you were on fire and you jumped into a big enough vat of oil, uh, it would actually put the fire out uh, before the oil catches on fire. Um, Mm -hmm. and just like that, in this game, if you jump into a deep enough vat of oil, uh, while you're on fire, it'll just put the oil out. Uh, so there's lots of little interactions that you can,
2: Would the uh, oil then also catch fire, though?
1: Uh, not unless it's shallow enough. A very shallow, uh, or narrow pool of oil, uh, can be superheated when you jump in it, and then it will catch on fire, but big ones usually don't. Um, and then... Uh, as you go along, you'll start to notice other things, like, oh, I didn't know that I can drink potions. Um, uh, it takes a while to figure out how to do that, unless you read about it, um, but usually you figure well, out how to it. Well, let's do it here! Uh, so in order in order to drink a potion, you would right-click it. Now, some potions have different effects depending whether you're soaked in the liquid or you've drank in it. Uh, for example, whiskey. Whiskey, if you're soaked in it and your robes are awash in whiskey, you're likely to just catch on fire even easier! <laughs> And uh, if you're drunk, you'll find that um, whiskey is a quite powerful thing. It'll get you, your character, inebriated so fast you won't know what's happening because your aim is completely off every time you just need it to be good. It actually skews your aim in hilarious ways. And I don't mean, like, I don't mean that the, 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 the pointer... Uh, so you have an, an aiming pointer on the screen as to where you're aiming. And uh, comically... When you're drunk and you're in combat, you tend to flail your arms a lot, and so the actual pointer will just whip around wildly, and you'll find oh that my you're... God. It's, it's great. Um, they put so much effort into this game. Um, but yeah, I would say that one of the things that you'll a- end up finding, um, and this was actually commented on on, uh, uh, on the online community, on our subreddit, um, is they find that when an, every time a new update is released, they add even more content. And whenever they do this, the other interesting thing is that they don't actually document it. Like, there, there is an official wiki, but it's up to the community to find this content and figure out how it works. Mm. But, after they do, and it gets onto some sort of wiki or whatnot, the developers in the next update will then actually provide in-game uh, elements that teach you how to use it even more. It's right, quite interesting. okay. Yeah. <laughs>
2: That's actually kind of a... It's kind of a cool... Uh...
0: Yeah, that's that's a really cool thing to do for a roguelike. It's a lot of that's a lot of involvement from the
2: devs. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um and some of them are uh for example, puzzles. There will be various um uh rooms that you run into that are procedurally generated and so they don't appear all the time. Um and they might have an environmental puzzle. And then all of a sudden it turns almost into, you know, uh, you know, games like I'm trying to think of environmental puzzle games. Um I don't play many of them, so... I don't have many on tap. But... Uh, if I were to say... Uh, some, sometimes it's it's actually like navigating through a space a little bit like Prince of Persia. Other times it's like um, uh, Metroid Prime where you just need to find the right kind of item in order to move on to the next area. <laughs> um, and uh, sometimes it's an actual puzzle where you know you have to electrocute. Um, so that's another thing. is Any of the elements are great when they're in a wand, like you can have a firebolt wand and it'll be this tremendous ball of fire that uh, destroys um, the enemies that usually horrify you, or you'll have an electric wand, but what you'll find is that the more powerful the weapon, some of the weapons actually feel scary, and this is not too often that you find this in a video game where you're holding a weapon and it's powerful, and you know most of the time in a game, say like Halo, you know, when you pick up the rocket launcher or the sniper rifle, you feel great. Um, in Noita, if you pick up an especially powerful weapon, like, say for example, uh, you know one of the electric items, you'll actually usually just die by your own hand, because it's very easy to actually kill yourself. Um, and for example, you might be standing on a steel floor, and the uh, electric attack hits the floor, electrifies the floor, and kills you and all the enemies that were standing on the platform along with you. So when you find out um, these elements, you know, you've got a game where you can, by figuring out how the elements interact, you can actually uh, um, slowly learn new ways to make yourself more lethal and also to survive longer because death is permanent like any other roguelike. Uh, Once you die, you're um, sent to a new world. Um, Yeah, so that's in a nutshell, Um, I'm a huge fan of Noita and you might hear me. Uh, Muse about various aspects of this game as me and uh, my friends go deeper, deeper, and deeper into it uh, in the light of the night.
2: Awesome. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. Just backtracking a bit, the streaming functionality you were talking about. I really like that concept of like a game where the the people, the viewers of the stream, can actually interact with the game environment. And then, it, by extension, interact with the the player who's streaming. Really cool concept. I'd yeah. love to see a game that's just, like, based around that, like, from the ground up. Just, so... What yeah, is there a was, game like that? So, okay. So there was this, like, really
0: crazy game project that was called I Drew a Red Box. Or IDARB. Okay. Where... I forget... God, it's gonna drive me crazy. I forget who um, started this, but he basically like asked people. I drew a red box. I'm making a game. What should this game be? And they took every as many audience suggestions as they could to try to influence this game's design. And where they ended up was like kind of a couch competitive sports game. where users could use Twitter to influence how the game played out what? where they could use Twitter where they like there were specific Twitter hashtags that they could use in conjunction with like a game ID to just like have all these crazy shit happen in this game and that's how like a lot of the audience um, suggestions ended up becoming part of the game design was just like you do this crazy hashtag, there might be like a black hole that comes up, or there might be this dude's face just like appear like semi transparent on the screen for a while, and <laughs> it's just like random shit like that. And it's, so, <laughs> yeah. it, it's it was this really crazy, like high concept game example that happened. I like it, no, I like it too. Yeah, that that's... sounds really
2: cool. That's the thing. I've played enough games that I'm all about that weird... That weird (laughs) shit. That weird shit. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's just interesting. I mean, uh, I think part of the challenge that we don't see more games with, like, really interesting streaming functionality... Partly it's just new. Yeah. That's certainly part of it. But then also, if you were to build a game around it, you're going to be limited to either weird experimental stuff like that uh, that doesn't necessarily require tons of uh, dev time and resources mm-hmm. uh, in the game development uh, because you know face it, if you build a game that's designed to be you know twitch streamer versus his audience, only the streamer buys the game, and that's a very that's a very limited market to sell a game and so I think the only way you'd see it is like kind of experimental stuff or if some sort of uh some sort of wealthy patron decided to fund the development of such a game like on their own. I mean you so, could,
0: you, you could always require it so that everybody that wanted to interact with the uh the streamer might have to buy the buy the game as well or buy this like
1: limited like maybe cheaper like Access like yeah. access key to the by, game Buy viewer mode, or instead yeah. of buying access keys, perhaps they could buy NFTs minted by the game's creator. Oh, God,
2: it, not everything has to be NFTs. <laughs>
0: I would argue that nothing has to be NFTs. <laughs> oh boy! Uh, so, uh, well, one one thing though is that like you could. In theory, design a game that has that kind of like streamer or streamer with audience interaction concept to it, but because not everybody has an audience for that, you could you could maybe like try to craft some kind of like fake audience engine to I mean, try and you, interact with that. I mean, shit. you could have it
2: be kind of like a traditional matchmaking system where it's just like uh, you. You do matchmaking, but you will only have a small chance of being mm-hmm. the uh, streamer uh, person, so to speak. Like that yeah. person's role, whatever it is, right?
0: But I, I was th- I was thinking more more like well, what I'm suggesting is basically like taking the like AI director concept that's in a lot of, a lot of games and just like surfacing that <laughs> to the player.
2: Ah, uh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah, sort of like, like you just know, like play against the AI horde if you don't have your own horde of fans,
1: or like a lot of those online, um, you know the, the, the IO series of games, you know, where it'd be like itch.io yeah. or uh, so. A lot of those games, the premise involved um, you'd be playing some match, and there's uh, uh, the one that I uh, had played at one point was you played a hole in the ground. And you would need to suck up uh, objects that were large, uh, you know, small enough to fit inside your yeah. hole. Yeah. And then you keep growing and growing until uh, you're bigger. And uh, so long as you're bigger than another hole, um, if you two collide, they'll fall into your hole. And then you'll, get, you'll, you'll, you'll absorb their size and get even bigger. And so the object of this was to eat the entire level up um, and be the largest hole and the last man standing. Um now what was interesting is that uh I had a lot of fun on that game. Um at times, you know, I would find uh it challenging. And then I started noticing strange things about it.
2: Well, that that I remember yeah. I know I think I know where you're going with this. It was a
1: um large controversy. Yeah. And so you'd see the same players uh popping up over and over again. Um you'd see players uh doing certain maneuvers um and uh they seemed to do them a lot. And soon uh, uh, that game faded into my memory until one day I read an article that, lo and behold, uh, the entire time I had actually been playing mostly with bots. Like, hmm. there's pretty much only offline mode um, in, in almost all versions of the game that are floating out there on the internet. There's very few... Um, that have a uh, live matchmaking mode. Now you can still play with your
2: friends. The craziest thing about the whole like IO game scandal thing to me is that apparently the originator, the actual original game—I can't remember what type of game it was—but the original game that it was based on was actually legit and had real online matchmaking. And then a bunch of, co- and then it was a bunch of copycat games that moved in with the shitty. Uh, uh, m- mostly only making you play against AI stuff yeah uh and it totally and it completely crowded out like the original like inspiration yeah uh and it's very sad I think yeah agar- because it's it's a cool concept but yeah
0: the agar.io uh, that you problem with agar
2: yeah yeah because like I always like, think of it as agario
0: yeah like the 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 .io extension like, browser, domain, whatever. Just, it seems to be used a lot for just, like, weird web apps and itch.io, which is a weird web
1: app that sells you
0: weird games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: They were, they were definitely f- f- filled with unconventional indie games. <laughs> uh, here's another thing about games that is strange. Have you seen those ads on YouTube? You know the ad. Where it'll be some sort whoa, of game scenario. Like, oh, I don't. have had Block Pro. What?
2: YouTube has ads.
1: For those Are of you who, sure? who don't have an ad-free YouTube experience, um, I haven't seen
2: YouTube ads in a long time.
1: It'll usually be showing some sort of puzzle, and 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 the whole thing is you see a ridiculous puzzle. Usually, it's some sort of um, screen where there's the objective is to get some treasure, and there's a person and some sort of dangerous thing like lava or whatever, and there's a bunch of keys, and one by one these keys are pulled out, um, and yeah. uh, uh, it always goes terribly wrong, because in the ad they never do it right, and, and you look at it and you're like, they're such an idiot, and of course that's um, the hook that they try and use to get you to play this game. But in reality, the hilarious truth is that none of the games that are advertised uh, to have that kind of gameplay Actually, have that kind of gameplay? Oh at yeah, all. that's that's a that's a pretty common trend. Trend in mobile game ads.
2: Yeah. Like, By the way, for anyone who has seen these ads, please install a YouTube ad blocker.
0: I well, okay, that's a the whole ad blocking thing is like a kind of a separate conversation where, in theory, like we shouldn't actually be using ad blockers because those negatively impact creators that are trying to make money through ads. But on the other hand, so many places implement like. Video ads so terribly that I'm just like fuck that shit. I'm gonna put an ad. I'm gonna use an ad blocker because I don't want a 30 second ad preceding
1: a 12 second video. Yep, it can be bad. Yeah,
2: I, I, if ads weren't so awful and terribly designed, then maybe it wouldn't be so bad. But as it stands, I definitely use an ad blocker. Definitely. God, uh, yeah, fuck, what game... You know what game I think would probably be in my top, my top games that I, I don't think would be on either of yours? Fucking Blast Corps. I've heard you talk about Blast Corps. That game, oh, I, I was time. thinking about it the other day. There's no other game like it. It's like you can't even place it in a genre. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty much its own weird-ass thing that does its... It executes its own concept really well especially for the era it it is an n64 game and it's certainly lacking polish compared to some things nowadays but uh it i can't say there's really been anything else like it and i'm still so disappointed uh that once microsoft bought rare they never released a, another version of that Or or a sequel. Or or anything. Nothing's been done with it. Like, one game. No sequel. No remake. No copycats. What the hell happened? (laughs) Some days I think, like, should I just, like, make a weird spiritual successor game to it? Because no one else will. I'm, uh, just, uh recapping on on
1: what this game is and how it works and it definitely looks pretty interesting.
2: It's it's like okay so yeah, I don't, well, I, didn't, I, don't know how, I don't know how far we want to go to it, into it now, but it's like in terms of its controls when you're driving a vehicle it's kind of like a racing game unless you're driving a bulldozer. <laughs> in which case it's not really like a racing game. But then there's also Giant mechs, which is not which is like Kind of mech controls and like jumping. So and then. So what I'm
0: hearing is that there is a market for a mech racing game.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's, he's lumbering walking tanks that are, look like they're gonna fall over any goddamn minute, but he got to make that turn.
2: Mech Warrior, <laughs>
1: Mad Max edition. Oh. Mech
2: Racer. <laughs> Yeah, well, the important thing is that the, the main concept of the game is that it's, it's really about dem- uh, demolition and demolishing buildings because there's a... It's basically... What was that movie with the bus that can't go under 40 speed. miles? Speed? Yeah, okay, so it's basically speed but with a nuclear bomb and th- there's, there's a nuclear bomb <coughs> truck and if it stops, it explodes and the nuke goes off. And so you need to blow up everything in the path so that it doesn't crash. Whoever came up with that concept, watch speed. Like Yeah, I guess.
0: They probably went to a drive-in that was a double feature of speed and demolition man, and they were just like, wait a second, wait a second.
1: Imagine <laughs> this game with like mo- you know, on a modern console with you know with modern graphics. With modern physics. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, you could do some weird shit. Also, I think you could make you could probably integrate some like fully destructible terrain stuff that I always love. Any game with fully destructible anything, I'm hundred percent on. Get the
1: shell frostbite. Sounds like you're sounds like Noita would be a great candidate for you.
2: <laughs> oh man, it's got it's got the noose. Yeah. It's got the physics. It's got, uh... All it needs is a vehicle.
1: Minecarts can be vehicles. There you we go.
2: <laughs> We're going to mod this and annoy them.
0: And then one person would.
2: Yeah, I'm sure there's a bunch of very complicated math and statistics we could do to this. Mm-hmm. But, frankly, I have more important problems to use advanced mathematical and statistical techniques on. Name one. Uh... Uh, the, the Tissue modeling? Tissue model. I got
0: your tissue modeling right here! Give me Scotty. one of those
1: Original 2 no, I'll, I'll be a tissue model. That's gross, dude. Tissues.
2: When have you ever seen... That's... Okay, actually, never mind. They totally do have... Fucking ads... Where no, using but the, the only
0: tissue ad that I remember is animated.
1: Charmin
0: Ultra
2: less is more. No, that's toilet paper.
0: Hey, I'm, 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 those
2: are bears. It, bears use that toilet paper. Bears For get documents. paid. Bears get paid. Uh,
0: what do the bears get paid in? Picnic baskets and uh, honey. <laughs> and
2: honey and picnic
0: baskets. But the only one that uh, tissue commercial I remember was. Anime, it looks like fucking DreamWorks did that shit. And it's just like, oh, this Kleenex has lotion, so it's like very gentle on the nose. And every time I've used Kleenex with lotion, it makes me want to die.
2: I don't like them either.
0: I would rather blow my nose raw than
2: to use ones with lotion. Ugh. I would rather take a lotion bottle and squeeze it up my nose <laughs> <laughs> and then blow it out into the tissue.
0: No, just fill a neti pot full of lotion oh. <laughs> or lube. You just gotta get you just get those pathways running, man. Okay. Oh, no. Fill
2: your nose with lube so that the snot will come out more easily. <laughs> I see no way this could go wrong.
0: Hey, what's more likely to have brain-eating amoebas in it, lube or tap water? <laughs>
2: He's that, got a point. That's a great question. Actually, I don't. I don't know. I've heard. Of, I've heard of. I think it. De- I've heard of that happening with tap water. I think it depends if the lotion is has just been opened, or if it's been sitting for a while open. You don't know how many amoebas there are. Airborne amoebas that are getting into the lotion or, or something. That could happen. Yes. I, I, I guess that could happen. You know, your lotion's just sitting there one day. Dah, 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 I'm a lotion and then suddenly an amoeba gets in and starts eating the lotion. And uh, this is definitely a plausible scenario. The look on your face tells me you're not buying it. <laughs> no. I'm not. This is so funny. Listen, the bacteria eats the lotion, the amoeba eats the bacteria, and then the amoeba eats your brain when you put the lotion in your nose. <laughs> well, Shouldn't the amoeba
0: be
1: full from eating the bacteria?
2: It's freaking...
1: <sighs> it puts the lotion on the skin.
0: get <laughs> <laughs> well, the hose again. Hosing straight up into your sinus cavity.
2: <laughs> and that's going to do it for the second episode of the
0: Angry Sun Zone.
2: <laughs> yeah, we had a, a real great conversation tonight. I hope you all enjoyed it.
1: It's, it's been wild, guys. I can't wait for the next episode. Found wherever fine podcasts are. <laughs> available for free.
2: <laughs> Just please make sure that you uh, ethically source the podcast and uh make sure it's
1: grass-fed.
0: Yeah, free range. We want we want we want those uh those microphones running around free.
2: Yeah, ma- make sure your copy was uh slaughtered humanely as well. <laughs>
0: what the <laughs> That's it. We're
2: done.
0: (laughs) We
1: are done indeed.